Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission and are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word and that through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. It's a, a real treat for me to be back down here on a Sunday morning that maybe has happened twice in the last 13 years. And uh, I'm honored. I, you have, in my opinion, you have the greatest preacher in Pentecost as your pastor. And, uh, and um, you know, it's not just words you speak. It's dedication. It's life you live. It's the spirit, the anointing of God that rests upon a life. A lot goes in. A lot of work by God goes into making a, a man of God. And uh, you can always count on this that, you know, if you're still here, you've been through something. I mean, you just, we all, Paul said of himself, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's wounds that happen. You would like to think that churches are perfect, but the truth is, you may look at us and think we got life together. Uh, uh, we barely made it through the door today. We, we may have changed some by God's grace, but we still got a long way to go. And we're honored to be here with you. I see good friends that are here today. I, I know I won't hold back the tears. I am so thrilled to be here with you today. If we can only see through the eyes of faith what God has in store, the best is yet to come. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I should uh, maybe so you could be seated. How's that? Maybe save some of that energy. Um, so you can leap to your feet and like, okay, shout a little bit through the preaching. Preaching is not a spectator sport. Preaching is us working together and God working with us. One word anointed by the Holy Ghost can change your entire destiny. We... I'm, I was thinking, I was actually talking with my wife the other day about this. In, in one, I, I know they got that camera thing on, but maybe if I walk around, they won't be able to catch me. Said. <laughs> but um, in one night, in August of 1972, Jesus Christ changed my life forever. In one night. He made a believer out of me that there's nothing too hard for God. He can, in a moment's time, he can touch you. Come on, you can't go. I mean, he can touch you. 
the God, the creator, the teacher was talking about the creator can reach down through all of the world, through all of your mess, through all of our confusion. Just touch us and change everything. Where discouragement and hopelessness is all around us. You know, I thought so many things I thought I want to say. I probably won't say much of them, but I thought. First of all, there are people here. Maybe this is your first time here. I sure don't want to blow it today. I'm not the preacher. The pastor is. The truth is, most of my life for the last 47 years has been given to try to help somebody else find Jesus. I've never tried to specialize in pulpit ministry, although I, it's, it's necessary. It's the opportunity that God gives us to say something, to be moved by the Spirit, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, to cast out devils in the name of the Lord. It's a powerful church. It's not a mediocre. I'm not talking about one location. I'm talking about the body of Christ worldwide. It's a powerful church. It's not a mediocre body that gathers together to pay homage to folks. It's we come in the name of the Lord together, together in his presence that his mighty works might be done. And um, so I just know, I have confidence that whether I'm speaking to people I know or I don't know, which even the ones that I know are like the grandchildren of parents, of grandparents or parents that I taught Bible studies to those years ago. And now a new generation is here. And I probably want to speak. I want to speak strong. If you're not of that young generation, then you just like let it blow by. But if you're of that young generation, I'm telling you, this is your time. This is your moment on the, uh, on the stage of life. There is a world that is desperate for you to be positive in your faith. Have confidence in God and know there's nothing impossible for Jesus. Nothing. He can do anything. And, uh, you know, that if I start naming names of telling people I'm so glad to see you I would be here that would be the rest of my preaching because you know I used to preach two hours hello some folks will remember that even the young ones are yeah I used to fall asleep when that guy was preaching (laughs) but at home I've tried to work on it because I know that the attention span of our world is really limited and um, so I've tried to Limit it to 20 minutes. I haven't reached that yet, but, but that's what I try to do. You know, I really want to be effective. So I'm going to turn your attention to the Bible. Is that all right? I'm going to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 12 and uh, read verses uh, 1, 2, and 3. <clears throat> 
and I'll get my notes out. That doesn't really mean much, but <laughs> but I do have them, about three pages of them. But hopefully God will bring to my remembrance the things that I felt he spoke to me, okay? Again, I can't say thank you enough to all of you all for being here today. You know, what would church be if only the preacher showed up? Pretty boring, huh? But I've been there. I, I, when my wife and I first came to St. Mary's County, that's what it was. Now look what God has done. And I'm so glad you're here today. And um, I, can't, I can't thank you enough for, you know, it's so funny. I always think it's kind of humorous. I know where God brought me from. I know what I was. Muy malo. I was the bad guy. I was the evil guy. And then he gives me a microphone. <laughs> you got to see some humor in that. All right. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then I'm, I'm going to give you another verse to put up there. Chapter 22 and verse 15. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know that this, when I'm going to, I'm going to use this verse. I don't know how theologically correct I will be, but it sounded pretty good to me, and so I'm going to use it. All right? And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Now, I don't know that I've ever, really, that verse has never just like jumped off the page to me before but when I was praying about today I guess I should give you a title right let's do that all right I want to talk about giving it our all I'm not here to ask you today to sign up for Amway or hello I'm not here today to ask you to join my club I'm not here today to challenge you to be whatever, a greater salesperson or, or any of the other things. But, I'm, but I am here today to make an appeal to you. And first of all, I would say to those of you that know Jesus Christ, I am calling to you. I, I've traveled the world. Uh, last year was a busy year for my wife and I. A uh, lot of speaking engagements. Um, I've been to, in the last part of the year, um, I went to some churches that, uh, they had a similarity. Um, three of them were pastored by ex-drug addicts. Now, I mean really drug addicts, like crackheads. And uh, they're kind of unique people. They got, they got all kind of quirks. And, and then one guy, one guy's a pastor, and he gave his testimony while I was there. And he spent 14 years in prison. For murder. Yeah, that'll make your congregation set up. (laughs) 
Come on, you've got to see some humor in that. <laughs> All he's got to say is, the last guy that messed with me. <laughs> That's good. We're supposed to laugh a little bit. Do you know there's a verse for that in the Bible? It says, laughter doeth good like a medicine. You know, some people, all they know is sorrow. Some people, all they know is misery. Oh, it's good to come together and even smile and laugh together. Have the preacher, like, you know, push us a little bit. Oh, it's good to be here. I'm finished. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, uh, the truth is, um, most here know that my family, my wife and I, had four children, and they're all involved in ministry um, somewhere today, pastoring churches, um, you know, reaching the world, trying, 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 just trying. Is there somebody else out there? We can make a difference in their life today. And now we got 16 grandchildren. Now we have uh, four great-grandchildren and a fifth one on the way. And I don't even look that old. But <laughs> And my wife, she's better looking than I am. But... um. You know, I, I, things I want to talk to us about. I want to talk to you about your destiny. You, you weren't, you weren't, believe, no matter what the world may tell you, you weren't conceived on accident. God knew it. He's got a plan in it. You have a destiny. How old is your little baby? Eight months? One month? Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus. We ought to pray for that baby right now. How many of you know this world's crazy? You know what? That's what I was going to say. My wife and I, we had all these kids and grandkids and stuff. But you know what? We're not, we're not marriage counselors. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. You know what we know? Son, you better know how to pray. Lady, you better pray. You better not wait till they're 16 to start praying. It's too late. You better start praying now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know there's some folks around here, probably you can tell by the, like, kind of a, an age group that's here that some of them are going to get married. You better not wait till you get married to start praying. You better start praying now. now and we kind of chuckle, but I'm telling you the truth. Being a spouse... And being a parent, that is don't make enough books. Hello? To help you to know how to do it. And even if they write the books, those guys that write the books don't know squat. I'm amazed. People can tell you, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. And I think, I wonder what they've been through. What I know is most of the stuff that I've been through where I was on the verge of destruction... 
I found a place at the altar that made all the difference in my life. Kept us together when the enemy thought he was going to tear us apart. The altar. Praying, praying, praying. Prayer is powerful. All right, you want me to preach now? That's all free. I'm going to talk about Abram. If you notice in the story, if you haven't read it, you ought to read Genesis 11. Actually, it starts in chapter 11 with his heritage. And then all the way through chapter 22, you will read of the life of Abram. And it starts off, his name is Abram. Later, he has an experience with God that changes his name. Not only his name, but his wife. Her name was changed. I could preach on that, how powerful names are. And, but I don't have time today. Somehow I must find that vein of the Spirit here today for someone who's lost hope. Who feels like, it doesn't matter whether you know Jesus or not. I've seen people, I've seen far too many lose out, walk away. You know what I mean? None of us here today are perfect. We're all still trying, trying. Can I find that, that thing I can hold on to? That, that place in God where I will reach my complete, full Destiny. Everybody say, come on, you got to love church, you know. You got, don't, don't you want to become all, you, you know, you got to think, if we can have dreams, and certainly we can have dreams, you know. But just think, man, if we can have dreams, what kind of dreams can God have? Woo! You talk about big dreams. And I'm convinced that the day you were conceived in your mother's womb, God had a dream. Oh, oh, I could see that little girl. She's going to grow up and she's going to love me. And I'm going to love her. And I'm going to bless her. And she's going to love my presence. Can't, can't you dream? Can't you dream? I know, I know, boy, we sure have some nightmares, can't we? Whew. Oh, well, the sad part is oftentimes they're not really dreams. They're the real deal. Whew. Oh, but if we could allow God to open our thinking and to realize the dreams that God has for our life. And we have points where we think, well, that's over. You know, that ain't ever going to happen. Right? Like, like age. See, I'm kind of approaching that. I think in a couple of years I'll get old. <laughs> right now, I'm just denying it. <laughs> just. Or handicaps. Or past experiences. But you just don't know me, preacher. You're right. You're right. I don't. But I know him. Oh, let me tell you about him. I, see, I, I marvel at things. Since we've been in D.C., my wife and I, um, and thanks to Living Hope, 
all the funding and the prayers and the encouragement. We went, we moved inner city, D.C., 13 years ago and began to reach people on the streets. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I just never thought it couldn't be done. You know what I mean? I never took time to sit down and think, hey, this is too hard for God. I just thought, wow, my God, this is exciting. See that guy? He might kill me, but so what? <laughs> I figured, you know what? I did two tours of Vietnam. I could handle anything. <laughs> I started a couple of churches. If I could do that, I could handle anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I never really sat down and reasoned it out. I just looked at our world and said, I, somehow I got to tell them about Jesus. I, I got to tell them about a God who, whew, my Lord, if you only knew what he could do. Son, it'd make you jump in your chair. Ah, it'd set your soul on fire. Ah! And you know, it doesn't matter how far you've gone. One of the first men that we reached in D.C., he was the padrino for the Mexican mafia. I didn't know that when I met him. He was just this guy, right? But I got a Bible study with him. I won't go into all of it, but amazing. In one year, he brought over 50 people. You know, he, I probably shouldn't say this. We've got little kids in here. but Some of this is like, I've got a, what they call a censor, some of this, right? But he was a pimp. Kiddies, ask your mommy when you get home. He was, you know, am I really living in a real world? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, the truth is, I'm trying to express to you, he was a long way out there. He, he was a long way from Jesus. But Jesus came to him. Ooh. Son, don't that do something to you? I mean, I wonder how much Holy Spirit you got in you. That, that causes my Holy Spirit to. But I tell you, one of the things I marvel at, there was a, in the process, like we met some folks that were from the country of Sri Lanka, Buddhist background, did not know Jesus Christ. And God opened up the door. We started a Bible study. We have now baptized more than 30 Buddhists in the name of Jesus. I really am trying to say some things that hopefully when I start preaching, your thoughts will have been expanded. That you'll understand that there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing too hard for God. Oh. One of the Sri Lankan girls had a friend. She was a, actually a Chinese girl. She grew up in Vietnam. Her father, I have, in the process of time, he and I have kind of become friends. He's 
pretty resistant to um, church and God. And, but that little girl, here, here's my point. And this, I'm going to launch into what I'm going to preach from this point. I understand that even, even, so to speak, the bad people, muy malo, great sinners, great sinners are here today. But, but to never, to never know there was a God. I knew there was a God. I just, I was a mess, but I knew there was a God. I was just waiting on him to kill me. But to find someone who did not know there was a God, who had never seen a Bible in their life, who had never opened one page of a Bible to read about God, and then to watch God just do miracles in their life. Well, that's, that's my story today. In our case, it's a little girl that comes to our church who's now married and has a baby and worships every Sunday, dedicated, involved in the work of God. But when I first met, didn't even know there was a God. That's Abram. Abram was the son of Terah, who was an idolater. What are the odds that Abram would know God? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and take you through some things in a short amount of time. But the first thing that it took was a call from God. God initiated it. God came to Abram. Abraham, it wasn't a matter of Abram coming to God. God called Abram. I, I, right there, I could preach an entire message on the power of the call of God. One call of God can change your entire destiny. Just a call. A call from God. And, and then, so, so I'm going to take from chapters 12 all the way to 22 and show you or attempt to illustrate to you the power of the call of God. When it first came to Abram, I don't know, I'm sure somewhere in there you could find an approximate age. But my understanding really was that he was, he was a young man the first time the call came. I, I don't know. Um, somebody could probably, you research it, find that out, preach it, next message. All right, how old Abraham was. All right, but the truth was, God called him. And he called him Abram, not Abraham. And Abram married a little girl, Sarai. And they left. It, the, first, when the call came, now listen to this. Look, if you're going to have 
If you're going to fulfill your destiny, there's some things you got to learn from the call of God. They're not optional. It's like if you want real God fulfillment in your life, listen to what the preacher's going to tell you the next few minutes. Now, God doesn't go, you have to do this. No, he goes, you can do what you want to do. You can go to hell if you want to. All right? He's not being mean. He's just telling you, like, if you want fulfillment, you're not going to find it. I know, I've been there. I didn't read this in some book. You won't find it in the bottle, and you won't find it in the, hello, the promiscuousness, and you won't find it in the drugs, and you won't find it that the things the world only has to offer you. You won't find fulfillment in those things. But there is a God who calls to us and says, I have what can make you complete. The real reason you were created. A destiny that your life will have meaning. That when it's over, it won't just be some weird epitaph on a tombstone out there somewhere. But it will be God. It will be God who has caused your life to be fulfilled, complete. Make a difference. And and God says to Abram, Hey, Abram. I don't know. What is it? Faith? Hello, God. You know what I mean? He acknowledged, something's happening here. He said, Abram, leave your family. Take your wife and leave. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to reach your full potential by hanging on to everything from your past. You can't drag that baggage with you. It may cause you, listen, I'm not trying to be mean today. I'm telling you, if you want to become all that God has ever dreamed you would be, you may have to change churches. Okay. See, I don't live here, so I don't know where y'all go, but so I can say that without any, you know, like I'm not picking on anybody. Just telling you, what do you want? What do you want your life to become? What do you want for your little girl? What do you want for the next generation? Do you want them to just make the same mistakes? Oh, God, please don't let my kids make the same mistakes I made. Please don't let them end up where I was. Then Abram, you got to come out from among them. You've got to leave that family relationship behind. Is that what he said? And what what else was it? You got to, I can't remember. That's what happens when you get old. I read it five seconds ago. I still can't remember. (laughs) But he's talking about separation. You're going to have to leave some things behind. Our world today, our religious world is making a huge error. They're telling you you can become everything God has for you and hang on to your experiences of your past. Booze will not bring fulfillment to your life. I don't care if you say Jesus when you're drinking it. I had a guy come. 
I hired this guy to come and help me teach Bible studies. Because I didn't have anybody who spoke Vietnamese. And there's a whole Vietnamese community. So I paid this guy, Paul, come and help me teach Bible studies. Everything was going well until I, was ha- I found out he was having a beer with every Bible study. <laughs> I said, hey, Paul. <laughs> I said, hey, Paul. <laughs> we don't pop a top. <laughs> Listen to this. He did not come to save me in my sins. He came to save me from my sins. Those things were killing me. They were destroying me. There were some things, as long as I was sober, I couldn't do them. But if I could get a few beers in me, I could do anything. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. I used to preach in this church. You heard worse than that. <laughs> the truth is he saved me from those things. I don't got to smoke joints no more. Hello? No. <laughs> Have a Bible study. Say, wow, man, did you see that? <laughs> that was the old me. But Jesus came. And he said, if you'll be willing to let your past be your past. If you'll be willing to let go of those things you used to hang on to. I have a dream. I have a a destiny for you. Now, the truth is, in the story, Abram... He was like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But can I at least take, like, Lot with me? I'm going to take my nephew with me. That's the way it is, you know. We come to an altar. We're here. God calls us wherever that's at. And we think, "Can can I at least just, like, take a bottle with me? Can I at least just one joint? Can I just like, hello? Are y'all okay with me? Just to make sure, because there's a real world out there. And that some people would have you think that immediately when they got the call of God, they turned into like a holy Joe. It didn't happen that way for Abram. God never said anything, so he thought that meant okay. So he took Lot with him. And he traveled. And if you read the story, there were things that could not happen in Abram's life because he still was hanging on the lot. There were things like the scripture says, as long as Lot was with him, they were, they were having strife. There was anger issues. They couldn't get along. There was greed. And his life wasn't blessed. His, still, his name was still Abram. God had this great dream, but listen, folks, I'm preaching to somebody right now. If you'll hear what the word is saying, it's not like God doesn't want to bless you. It's that you're hanging on to things that are keeping the blessing out of your life. God is going, come on. Isn't it about time you let me take care of a lot? 
And so finally, you know, it gets so miserable, because that's the way it usually works, you know. We hear God better when we're miserable. You know, we're screaming at him. And he goes, hello. (laughs) But God says, come on, make this choice, this decision. So Lot says, Abraham says to Lot, you you choose, man. I am so sick of being miserable. I am so sick of, like, I want to barter with you. I want to work this deal out on who gets what. But I don't even care. Just take anything you want. If you just get out of here. You know, that's the way it is with some things in our life. You won't let go of it until you realize how miserable that thing is making you. Now, listen. I want to remind you, the call of God is still on Abram. Now, that would shake up some church folks because they think God certainly must have abandoned you, Abram. But he didn't. He's working on him. And if you take all of those chapters, I mean, like, they went a lot when everything wasn't working right the way he thought it ought to, he took his wife and they went to Egypt, which is a type of the world. They went back to the world. And the folks at church, they gave up on them. But God didn't. God's still working. I got this call on his life. I know he's sitting there at the bar stool, right? Getting drunk. But what's he talk about when he gets drunk? God, man, God is so good. Hello? Don't tell me I've been there. People can become really good preachers after they've had a few beers. And, and, and folks at church are going, oh, they're gone. They're gone. But God's going, no, I got a call on their life. The call is still working. You may not see him here today, but the call is still working. I believe that Egypt thing happened twice, maybe more. And you know, the other thing was between chapter 12 and chapter 22, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Finally, I mean, just like God, at times he would be spiritual. You know, he built seven altars. That's like seven times he came back to the altar. Come on, I want to live for God. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm going to live for God. No, I'm not. I'm going to live for God. Oh, I'm so sorry, Jesus. I know, I know, I know. Let me tell you something why. Because there's stuff inside you that hinders you. And God has to dig that stuff out of you. You don't just, I give it all to you. How many times have we said that? I surrender all till I get outside. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you, if you can understand, you're here today. And there's people here today. The hand of God is on your life. The call of God is on your life. He's been working on you. You can't escape it. You have dreams at night. You can't sleep. You're miserable. God's still working. He's still working. 
He's still working. I'm preaching to the church right now. Don't think for a minute. God hasn't given up on this world. This is his world. He created. He's the creator. He created this. He's working on this world. You may think it's over, but I'm, I'm going to say like John Paul Jones, we've only just begun. Yeah. Come on, devil. My friend there is going to take you on. Finally, we get to chapter 22. I'm kind of escalating through. Listen, you can't even imagine the things that people go through. My, the abuse. Oh, Lord. I, I, just, I just can't sometimes handle it. About the time I think I've heard the worst story, I meet somebody else and they tell me their story. And I said, oh, my God, how can people do this to one another? Hello, can I get an amen? amen. All right. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of it, God's hand is reaching. He's reminding Abraham, come on to the altar. I got a call on your life. Some of you got a call when you were in Sunday school at some Baptist church years ago. Hello? Some of you were attending a Catholic mass. And the call of God came. God doesn't just call you in perfect circumstances. God doesn't just call you when you showed up at the Pentecostal church. There was a journey you were on before you ever got here. Now, I'm preaching that to the church. For you to think that it had to be a perfect environment, I'm telling you, God was working through the mess to try to get your attention. I have my hand on your life. Woo! I want to shout. Because he didn't give up on me. Others did. I was the loser. It's true. But God... But God, you know, I just want to dance a little bit right now. <laughs> you don't like my moves? <laughs> See, I remember. Did I, was I perfect? No. Am I perfect now? No. Does the call ever come? I could tell you a story. The other day I was walking through a grocery store and over in that aisle where I got all the booze, I tell you, I heard voices. Hello, come on over here, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? The voice of the world still appeals to us. But I say to you as a witness of Jesus Christ, I thank God for the call of God upon my life. It's more valuable than the call of the world. It's more powerful than the call of the world. Oh, and it's so much more rewarding. You know, in the last couple of years, if you haven't noticed it, I've gotten a little older. Thank you for not noticing. But um, I've had friends and people who 
that really it kind of has bothered me because they begin to ask me about when I'm going to retire. When, when are you going to give up this stuff? What do you mean give up? I ain't planning on giving up. I ain't planning on retirement. Lord Jesus, I, 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 might, I might find one more soul out there. Hello? And so something inside of me this year said, I'm not retiring. It's not time to quit. It's not time to take a vacation. We're not here seeking comfort. We are here because we have a destiny. There is a will of God for my life and your life. There is a purpose that he saved us for. And your worship and your music is beautiful and and my, the building is, and you know, I'm just telling you, this is incredible, right? But I'm telling you, even in that little room down there in the basement on Columbia Road, where the walls don't even match the same color, there was about a hundred people that met this morning. Hello? And they've come from a life of everything you can name, but now they know Jesus Christ. I can't give up. I can't give up. I've got, matter of fact, it's got to be the opposite. I'm appealing to us. I'm making this appeal to home next week. It's not time to give up. It's not time to quit. It's time to take off, to unleash. It's time to begin to give it our all. I'm not seeking for my comfort. I'm not looking how much is in the paycheck. I'm not looking about who likes me, who don't like me. I'm not looking for retirement. It's time to give it our all. Give it our all. So, chapter 22. My, it's been ups and downs with Abram and God. In that, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And that actually is a fulfillment of prophecy because now he is the father of many. And his wife, Sarai, she, her name is changed to Sarah. She becomes the mother of many. The only problem was they didn't have any children. Hello, remember, like their little problem there too, right? Sarah tries to help God out. Abram, go like have a baby with Hagar. Abraham did not fight it. Hello? Yeah, sounds like a good idea, honey. <laughs> but we all know you just try to figure it out your way. My all it did was bring problems, not only to Abraham, but to our world today. The son that was born to Abram and Hagar, his name was Ishmael, which is defined as he's the wild man. He was the beginning of the Arab nations. But that wasn't the promise. When God came to Abraham in chapter 22 and says, now take thy son. What I understand now, I did do understand a little bit of his age, the age of Isaac. That was the son. Was somewhere about maybe in his, even his early 20s. He, he wasn't a little boy. He wasn't some little toddler Come with me, son. I'm going to put you on the altar and kill you. Hello? It was like, come on, let's go. It's, God has called us. He didn't ask his wife. 
Hello, you know what the answer would have been. Honey, God talked to me last night. He told me to take Isaac up on the mountain and kill him. That ain't happening. So he didn't discuss it with his wife. But he took, all, all, listen, listen to this. All of these things happened in the power of one call from God. Because the second call doesn't come till after this. My, my point is, we have no idea what it is that God is going to do, wants to do, desires to do through our life. We, we, we think in terms that are so small and limited. When I say that, I can't even, I don't have the words to express what's going to happen when the second call comes to our life. But I can tell you this. He took that boy up the mountain, put him on the altar, and the son said to the father, Dad, hey, we got the wood. Yeah, we got the fire. Where's the sacrifice? Boy, was like Abram wise or what? God will provide himself an offering. And he looked, and there was a ram, an offering, a lamb, a ram caught in the thicket. And that became the sacrifice. Now I'm going to tell you. The conclusion of the first call is all about revelation. God revealing himself to you. God revealing his call on your life to you. God, See sometimes people think we all get the revelation at the, at the very beginning. And we don't. We're struggling. I want to know him. I want to know him more. I want to know him better. But it takes the hand of God to bring you to the place where the call of God reveals to you God's destiny for your life. And I just think, I'm going to bring it to a close with this. I think that today there are people here, you know, see, because I only come once every 13 years or something on a Sunday morning, I really want to drag it out. <laughs> but but that's not really God's plan. God's plan. He has somebody here today. I mean, certainly he talks to us all. But he has somebody here that he wants you to know. He, you, you have a destiny. You, you, there's a purpose for your existence. And he's calling you to him. And if you will obey the call. I don't know that any of us could tell you what the results will be. It would blow our minds. And some, you've been sitting in church here for maybe what, five years, ten years? Or maybe you've kind of been like Abraham going back to the world a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But you're here today. And God is calling you. I'm not through with you. You think this is over? My Lord, man. What are you, 21? No, not quite. God's got a plan for you. What's your name? Shaquan? Shaquan. Can you hear that? Shaquan. You hear the Holy Ghost saying, Shaquan, come ye out from among them and be ye separate unto me, saith the Lord. Shaquan. Right here. What's your name, sir? What is it? Ivan? Ivan? Ah. Did you hear that, Ivan? Ivan! Ivan the Great! God 
You say, wait a minute. They're young men. Oh, wait a second. What's the matter? You think we got to get 30, 40, 50, 60, 70? <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and, and just men? No. Angelita, can you hear it? You hear it? I knew it. I knew it. Right, Lavetta? These girls used to hang out at my house when they were kids. And here they are, mamas. And... Don't tell me, Grandma. Not yet. Yes, yes. Some of you are hearing that call today. God's telling you, He never took His hand off of you. He never took His hand off of you. And you can feel if you'll just listen, if you'll just let his spirit touch you. He's pulling, he's pulling at you. Wayne, he's got a dream for you. You say, well, I think it's over. No, it ain't over. My God, it's just begun. Hell has tried to kill your dream. He's calling us. We have about 30 people right now, men and women oh where they've come from number one cultures number two lifestyles where they've come from but our goal this year and the next five years is to start five new churches in D.C. but you have to have people you have to have people like leaders and somebody would say I don't think they're qualified stop it just stop it, will you? The call of God reaches, reaches, reaches. Remember, with God, all things. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to wait till you're 30, why are you wasting time? You, you know what I mean? It's like, just stand up now and go, yeah! I don't know. I don't think anybody heard me. Just stand up now and go, yeah! Just look. I know they were responding to me. I understand that. But I'm telling you, there's a God who's saying, if you measure it, Daquan, Jaquan, 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 Jaquan. Are you a preacher? Not yet. <laughs> good, good material right here. In that name of Jesus. Lord, we need Shaquan. We need him in the harvest. There are so many statistics that I could give you of the odds that seem to be against us. But I don't care about the odds. If God before us, who, who, who can be against us? Yeah. Would you raise your hands with me? And if you all wouldn't mind standing, I'm not sure. At home, I just, I've taught the people. I've tried to teach everyone. You don't, the altar, we need you at the altar now. 
not them. What's up with the church? You know what I mean? Like they expect all these other people come to the altar. Yo, I'm talking to the church. You got it together? I don't think so. I'll ask the pastor. Tell everybody you're. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm just telling you. If you will come, if you will come, others will come. If you will respond, they will respond. But if you won't respond, why in the world should you expect them to respond? You're the one that knows him. Who will help me in the harvest? Who will help me find a lost soul? I invite you. Come to this altar, and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on as many people as I can. I want to see, by God's grace, not because we got it together, but because there is a God. He's got it all together. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We need the power of God. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, let him take care of your troubles. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Seek him, more of him, closer to him. And you'll find your destiny. As you seek to get closer to him, he will reveal your destiny to you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you.